0: what is the the starting point for folks that do want to set goals and actually try to achieve them? Like, what's the starting point for them?
1: I have a three-part process. So do you mind if I go into all three parts?
0: Please, yeah, yeah.
1: Dope. Uh, <laughs> I think that it's always a part of looking at what is the end result we're gunning for? So, AKA, what is level 100 here? Mm-hmm. I always think about it as... If you're at a bar, you're playing darts, right? And if you don't know where the bullseye is, hell, you, if you don't even have a dartboard to begin with, you're just shooting darts and making little holes in the wall. Yeah. But if you have a dartboard, you know the bullseye. So level one is figure out your bullseye. So this doesn't have to be a you know short-term goal. This can be three months. This can be five months. This can be three years. I like to never go longer than three years just because nowadays we don't really have that attention span anymore sure. unless it's something that's like, I am so fired up on this, but um, a lot of times people get distracted and the fire kind of dims from that. So I like to do anything, but from three months to three years as the long-term goal. Step two is if that's our level 100, great. We have one through 99 to figure out, but I don't care about two through 99. I care about one. Hmm. That's all I care about.
0: Hey, this is a quick shout out from one of our awesome sponsors. Check this out. Thank you to Tracy down at Tranquil Turn Massage in downtown Coeur d'Alene. Look, my wife and I, we see Tracy and her team every single month for a couples massage, and it is the best thing. Tracy is a master massage specialist and a Hanu Ashiatsu trainer. You need to reach out to Tracy and her team. Make sure that you tell them that I sent you, and you'll get 25 bucks off your next massage. Also, while you're there, check out CDA Brows Body and Ink. Make sure to tell Tracy that I sent you, and you'll save 100 bucks on your next tattoo, brows, and plasma tightening services. <laughs> Nicole, you're a life coach. You're the host of the Imperfect Success podcast. You're an international speaker, goal-setting specialist where you help perfectionists set goals and then actually achieve them and so much more. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you for being here. I'm stoked to be talking to you today.
0: Oh, I'm so excited about this. I like to kick the show off by going back a bit. Your website mentions that you grew up in a personal development world. Like, where did you grow up? What was what was childhood like for you? <sighs>
1: I I like to always say I grew up in like a unicorn family, basically. (laughs) Um, So both my parents worked for some of the top dogs in the personal development field, like Tony Robbins is obviously going to be one of the big ones. Um, And so we were always attending seminars. We were listening to the audio tapes. I would, you know, go to these seminars and see these people walking across fire, climbing these telephone poles, um, having these moments of going from, I'm not enough to, I am enough. And just like seeing that dichotomy was just like a five-year-old, like, oh my God, I'm a kid in the candy store. Yeah. And I just fell in love with the world from there. However, big pivot happened when I was in like middle school, high school age, um, excuse me, middle school age, I started becoming, I hate the word victim. I really don't like using it very often, but I'm going to use it here for lack of a better one. Sure. Victim of severe childhood bullying to the Mm. point where I was called names. I will never call another human in my life. I was pushed into bathrooms. It got physical sometimes. And there was one specific day where I was locked in a bathroom stall. Like these kids were like banging on the door, just like, and I was just like in a puddle on the ground and something in me snapped where it said, if you're not who everyone else needs you to be, AKA, if you're not absolutely perfect, you're going to continue getting hurt Mm. physically and mentally. And that One decision changed my life for about 10 years. It was crazy how the power of – I'm sure you've seen this in your own life, the power of decisions when we're young. And – so as a result, I went to this school, I, I still had that high achiever in me, you know, the Tony Robbins household couldn't, couldn't beat that out of me too much. Like, sure. <laughs> but I went to a musical theater school, one of the top in the nation. Cause that was like really where I found my voice again. I started finding like, oh, I can play big. I can be loud, but it was always behind a character. So that was the safe way of doing it. Right. Yeah. Um, but I went to a musical theater college and I had such severe anxiety, such severe perfectionism. Like I was procrastinating. I was having panic attacks. I was drinking myself to blackout every weekend because I just like couldn't handle it. And I needed to numb, um, and you know, if you're a singer for your career, drinking doesn't really help that. So, yeah, um, I was finally told by my professor, "You, you're going to leave the school. Like, your degree is not going to happen unless you perform a miracle." Basically, wow. and so I called my dad, who is a life coach as well, and he was like. We're going to turn some stuff around. And I was like, I need to implement the tools from childhood. I never did that before. They always just Mm. lived in my head. Sure. But I never implemented them. And that was the change of almost everything that has changed the trajectory of my life now. Wow.
0: What a cool story. I mean, outside of the bowling part, but like to grow up in a, a family like that. And then, you know, kind of to deal with the adversity outside of that, and then have mm-hmm. that whole flip come back where you're now the life coach on, on this. And what a cool story. I actually just spoke to Jarek Robbins this week on my podcast.
1: Stop. Oh my gosh. And, how funny. And,
0: I mean, I'm a huge fan of Tony Robbins. And so for yeah. like me to even have Jarek on the show, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm talking to Jarek. Like, you know, and it, it was cool. Uh, Tony's definitely on my guest wish list for sure. Oh, yeah, uh, But uh, man, what what a, a crazy thing. And then to be able to flip everything around. I, I love that. And I mean, talk about like being transparent because that's what makes the biggest impact. When you share mm-hmm. your story like you just did, man, I just know there's so many people that has heard that and was like, man, time to time to make some changes. And you're right. You're one decision away from changing your life at any point. Yeah. And, and that's really what I kind of tell during my story as well. And I actually worked in the music business for a while and um, worked for Universal Records in my early 20s. So I saw the musicians kind of taking their career and I was hanging out backstage with guys and it would be like, these guys have a perfect life but they're back here doing drugs and drinking themselves to sleep every night i'm like man this is crazy
1: there it was a lot of that like a lot of people who put on this front and um a lot in the the uh, performing world like put on this front of everything's great everything's fine i'm perfect i'm great and then in the back end they are you know like i I one time was walking in the practice rooms because we had these like just like halls and halls of practice rooms at my school and they were completely soundproof so it was just it was very weird now you think back at it like these like halls of just like these teeny tiny windows that are completely soundproof. (laughs) And I remember walking past one day and seeing through a window, this one person who just like, I looked up to so much. She seemed like she had it all together. And she was in the fetal position, sobbing on the phone. And I was like, okay, you need to remember that there's always more to the story than we think we see. And I think this is really prevalent nowadays with social media, because we see... Everyone's highlight reel. We see, like, look at me, I'm making X amount of money. Look at me, I'm traveling to Italy. Look at me, I got married. Da, 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 da. And it's great. That's awesome. But there's always more to the story. And yet we compare ourselves to that highlight reel so much.
0: So much. Oh, man. Uh, I want to jump into to goals because people set goals all the time. And some of those goals, they just get kind of put to the wayside or never get accomplished. Why is it that folks set goals and then ditch them? And I'm guilty of this for sure, but, uh, you know, setting these goals, what distracts people from really going towards them or achieving them?
1: Oh, buckle up buttercups. Let's yeah, dive nice. into this. Like, <laughs> um, I would say the biggest thing that I see, because I work with a lot of high achievers, people who are, you know, entrepreneurs, they have like 45 goals they're going after at any given point. But what I see so often is that we're going to make this super easy math. People are going after goals that are at a level 100. Let's say it's running a marathon, um, hitting a certain figure in your business, uh, starting a family, like these bigger goals. And yet they're over here at level zero trying to just, plop right down at level 100 and wondering why that's not working. Mm. And what happens as a result is, you know, either one of two things, you'll either push so hard to try to get to level 100 as fast as possible. And, you know, that just never leads to a good road. It's normally a burnout. It's normally, um, you know, a lot of your life is neglected and stuff like that. The other road is People get so overwhelmed by all the steps that need to happen in between one or even between zero to hundred that they're like, "Mm, you know what? I'm not really feeling it today. Scrolling through social media feels fun or cleaning out my email (laughs) is a great productive use of my time right now. So we can like like scratch that productive itch without actually moving ourselves forward. Mm. So that would be the two main um, inhibitors I see that people use as crutches pretty often to not allow them to go after their goals.
0: Man, that's so good. Like, what what is the the starting point for folks that do want to set goals and actually try to achieve them? Like, what's the starting point for them?
1: I have a three-part process. So do you mind if I go into all three parts?
0: Please, yeah, yeah.
1: Dope. Uh, <laughs> I think that it's always a part of looking at what is the end result we're gunning for? So, AKA, what is level 100 here? Mm-hmm. I always think about it as if you're at a bar, you're playing darts, right? And if you don't know where the bullseye is, hell, you, if you don't even have a dartboard to begin with, you're just shooting darts and making little holes in the wall. Yeah. But if you have a dartboard, you know the bullseye. So level one is figure out your bullseye. So this doesn't have to be a you know short-term goal. This can be three months. This can be five months. This can be three years. I like to never go longer than three years just because nowadays we don't really have that attention span anymore, sure. unless it's something that's like, I am so fired up on this, but um, a lot of times people get distracted and the fire kind of dims from that. So I like to do anything but from three months to three years as the long term goal. Step two is if that's our level 100, great. We have one through 99 to figure out, but I don't care about two through 99. I care about one. Hmm. That's all I care about. What is the next step for you? Now, here's where I see a lot of people get in their own way. They're like, okay, my next step is this big old thing that's, you know, two months. And it's like, no. <laughs> yeah. I want like 1 to 2 weeks milestone goal. Is what I call these milestone goals. The mm-hmm. reason is because if we make it too far, we always make it about the end result. Okay, when I reach that then I'll be happy. When I reach this next thing then I'll be happy. Versus if we make it a short-term goal, we accomplish it. Oh, sweet. Yeah, let me move on to step 2. Okay. Yeah, I've hit step 2 next step and it makes it about the journey more so than the destination of level 100. Making sense?
0: Yes. Yeah, come on. So that's
1: step two. And then we go one step deeper. We got our first milestone goal. Now, what are all the teeny tiny little tasks that it's going to take to accomplish first goal? I'll see people have like on their to-do list or on their calendar, just like a time block for milestone goal. (laughs) And it's like, maybe milestone goal is, um, uh, let's say outline website or something like that, if you're starting your website. That's not... That's something that could activate the fight, flight, freeze mechanism in our brain, which will cause us to procrastinate. Mm-hmm. So instead, what I do with people is I break these down into what I call one sitting tasks. This is actually something I learned from Tony Robbins. And from one sitting tasks, it's how, like, what little teeny tiny tasks that I can do in one sitting. We'll finally be able to check off this milestone goal. So sometimes it's two, one sitting tasks. Sometimes it's 15. It really depends. But then those are the things we either plug into your calendars or we put on your to-do list because then it doesn't activate the amygdala fight, flight, freeze.
0: Yeah. Come on. What do you see high achievers doing different than folks that are just kind of sliding by through life? Dreaming big. Dreaming big. They're
1: always dreaming big. Yeah. Um, and I I think that's really special
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I see them get into that habit of level 100, level 100 or bust, level 100 or bust. So it can't, it's a catch 22, but it's a really good catch 22 if you sure. use it right. The other thing I see high achievers do often, and this is maybe not so much in the good side, it's definitely more so how we get in our own way, is high achievers tend to beat themselves up or almost self-flagellate themselves to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll say, I'm not doing enough. So until I get to this point, then I'm finally enough. <laughs> and it's this constant moving um, finish line because by the time, I don't know if you experienced this, when I was super in my negative side of my high achieverness. The, the high achiever in me will never die, but the negative side definitely needed to die. <laughs> Let me sure. be real. Yeah. Um, when I would achieve a certain goal, I would celebrate myself for maybe, maybe six minutes. Mm-hmm. and then i'd be like mm, okay but what's the next thing because that's mm, never mind that's actually going to be what makes me happy and so what i see a lot of high achievers do is just beat themselves up saying i'm not enough until i reach x i'm not enough until i do y and what i think a big thing for us to learn is how can we appreciate who we are right now while still celebrating the fact that we are goal getters we're strivers But a lot of people see, appreciate the now or love myself or whatever. I think that's a really overused term right now, but I mean it in the core version of itself, love myself. But a lot of people see that as, "Mm, but then I'm going to become mediocre or complacent Hmm. and I won't have that hunger anymore. The opposite couldn't be more true. The hunger is still there. It's never going to die. You just don't beat yourself up along the way, (laughs) which is Mm. pretty nice.
0: Yeah. Now, when you're setting a goal and you don't accomplish it or you get sidetracked and you just kind of forget about that goal, like how do you get back on track though?
1: Ooh, what a good, I don't, you know, I don't really get asked this question very much. So I, I this is, this is a fun one to be asked. Sweet. Um, I'd say the big thing is ask yourself, why did I get sidetracked? Cause mm-hmm. if we don't go to the root cause, it's going to keep happening. It's like going into your garden and having a bunch of weeds and just clipping off the tops of them. They're still yep. going to keep growing. Right. So we need to look at what's the root of this. So maybe it was, uh, you know, this next step in my goal, this next maybe milestone goal is really out of my comfort zone. And I feel really scared and I feel like I'm not enough to achieve it. We need to address that. Hmm. Um, but a lot of high achievers tend to be like, la 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 la. I don't want to talk about emotions. I'm gonna go <laughs> yeah, to
0: yeah, the next <laughs> thing. Like,
1: but what they do is instead they fill their calendars with being busy with um pointless tasks that are not really things that actually move them forward but that are again scratching that busyness itch or scratching that "ooh, I'm at least I'm I'm productive Hmm. so I would go to the core of like why did you get sidetracked in the first place okay great what happened right before then what was the thing that almost triggered the sidetracking and how can we address that because I'm not interested in in just like putting a band-aid over a wound I want to figure out how can we seal it up from the beginning you know what I mean
0: yeah Come on. That's so good. This is such a g- great conversation. I love this stuff so much. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of like getting out of your comfort zone and, and i I'm very comfortable behind the mic. I'm almost at 500 episodes of, of doing podcasting yeah. now since the years. And, and, you know, I love to just, like I said, get out of the pod, uh, my comfort zone, but what do you think keeps folks in their comfort zone? Like, why are they so afraid to step out of that?
1: You know, I asked this question so long and growing up in personal development, especially like the personal development of the eighties and nineties, which tended to be a lot more like white knuckle it through life totally. and push forward <laughs> where now I think we've definitely moved away from that. And I'm really grateful, yeah. but, um, for the longest time I was like, okay, just push yourself out of the comfort zone and that's what you do. But then I'm, I'm a big neuroscience person. I think it's important to know how our brain works because yeah. that i um, I like to know the why behind things. And what I learned is that our brain is actually programmed to keep us in the comfort zone. So like, for instance, way, way, way back when, when we were in our caveman days, if I was outside of my comfort zone, I was, you know, maybe uh, exploring on my own. I was hunting away from the tribe. I was basically sentencing myself to death, a Mm -hmm. possible death by like saber toothed tiger face off anyone. Right. And (laughs) while we have evolved so much, that core function of our brain of outside of the comfort zone equals death it's still there. Now, maybe writing a scary email that's pitching yourself to a really big platform isn't a saber-toothed tiger anymore, but our brains still get activated in that same way. Mm-hmm. So I, I could spew off something about like, oh, we're just you know focusing on the wrong thing and da-da-da, but I really <laughs> want to get to the core of... It's because our brain is programmed to do so. Now, the best part is we are very intelligent humans who can override our base level of human programming, which, like, can we get a freaking awesome for that for a second? Yeah. But we have to do so consciously. And that automatic behavior, it's not going to change because it's your brain doing exactly what it's supposed to. But mm. we have to catch that automatic behavior and consciously override it.
0: Man yes i love that and you know i'm i'm putting myself out in, in the comfort zone getting out of my cover zone right now with like doing i started doing toastmasters recently and yeah. just getting up and speaking in front of people which i've not done a ton of i've done tons of my you know podcast shows but never in front of public speaking scenarios right and so push myself out there to to do that and uh i it's so relieving though like it's scary at first but then you get out there you're like oh yeah i can do this it's no big deal you know yeah. so um First of all, I want to talk about your podcast because I love talking to other podcasters. You have this amazing podcast called The Imperfect Success. It's ranked in the top 2.5% globally. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Why why did you decide to start the podcast and how has it helped you in your business?
1: You know, it's funny because I've had the podcast for, oh, golly, almost four years, maybe even four plus years. And originally I started it just because I loved listening to other podcasts. And I was like... How hard could this be? Oh, no. sweet summer child. It was so hard. Like um but I I started it quite frankly just cuz I love talking to people in almost more of an intimate setting. Mm-hmm. Um I saw a lot of people like excelling at, you know, more social media facing platforms and stuff like that. And I was like, those are cool, but I'm not a short form person. I am let's get down and dirty into the deep conversations kind of yeah. person. And that was really the wish for the podcast. Now, it's gone through so many iterations, just like many good things. Um, We started off as something called Captivating Creatives back when I was still coaching uh, performers. Then it moved into the Life Coach Baker podcast, which was kind of my blanket name for everything. And then very recently, we actually switched over to Imperfect Success because I wanted to make sure it was not about me. It's about the person. And I wanted everything from the name to even reflect that. And so um, what I love about podcasting, though, and I'm curious if you experience this, when I'm listening to a podcast I love, whether it's on personal development, whether it's on my latest fantasy obsession, because I love uh, reading like novels and the House of the Dragon and stuff like that. Nice. I'm such a nerd in that way. But if I'm listening to something, it is going to be eventually the host is going to become my best friend, whether they know I exist or not. Because (laughs) I'm constantly filling my ears with them. And Mm -hmm. I didn't even do this intentionally. But what I realized is that people in my community, in my business community, started being like, I feel like we're best friends. And yet, here I am introducing myself to you for the first time. So one of the ways I think it's most helped my business, which was honestly unintentional, was me being able to immediately penetrate that um, no like and trust factor just Mm -hmm. through talking into a microphone. And that was Have you? I'm curious. Have you experienced that with your listeners as well?
0: Yeah, it's it's been fun, and I the podcast for me has developed so many opportunities, so many relationships. Some of my closest friends are people that I've either had on my show, or I was a guest on their show, or we just met through the podcasting community. But you do you you run into people like, man, I feel like I've I've heard your story, but I'm meeting you for the first time, like you said, and I love that aspect of it because I I'm big on meeting new people. I try to meet as many people as I can. I was a guest on Bradley's podcast and sitting down with Bradley and chatting one time. He was like, look, man, relationships is the new currency. And I, I just kind of took that to heart. I'm like, man, I just want to meet as many people as I can and just love on them, whatever they're doing. It's not my job to judge them. My job is just to love people where they're at. And and uh, I, I've really taken that to heart through podcasting, the listeners. And I, I, about once a quarter, I'll interview somebody here locally in quarter lane where I'm at, and so I can go meet them in person, and then they can kind of share the story local, locally and stuff like that. So it's fun to to do that. And hand. yeah, podcasting has been a game changer for me since I started. You know, I've had a lot of changes of my podcasting since I started in 2017 as well.
1: Oh yeah, man, you said relationships are the new currency, and that like hit somewhere deep. I love that so much. Yeah. That's good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Brad was such a cool person to have on the show. And I I kind of had this personal goal to be a guest on 100 podcasts in 2021. I was like, oh, yes. I could do that. No problem. And I was also releasing, I had two podcasts at the time. So I, I released a hundred of my own shows that year. Uh, but I finished that year doing 117 podcast interviews on other people podcasts.
1: Holy and moly.
0: It was absolutely insane. I'll tell you, by the end of 2021, I was like, all right, I'm not talking to anybody for like two months. <laughs> so like, I'm just got to take a break. <laughs> you know, it's like. It, it was a wild year, but it, that's what really kind of took my show to the next mm-hmm. level was just getting out there as much as I could and just offering value for free to yes. whatever people I could and meeting as many people as I could. And it was just an amazing aspect of the podcast role for that.
1: Oh, I echo that so much. I love that part of just being able to meet people. And I feel like also everyone who's a podcaster just knows, we we all just like know something that podcast, that non-podcasters don't, and that is the hustle of podcasting. Yes. Like it is so... At least when I was first starting, I didn't see that the the woes of podcasting, the hard you know exterior that you need to have as a podcaster. Like your reviews are on display. Your you know, um, I, I the amount of times I had people. This is actually uh, funny. At the very beginning. I had some trolls on the internet come out and be like, you know, I'd be, it'd be a lot easier to take you seriously if you didn't sound like a Disney princess all the time. Oh, and geez. I literally was like, mm, well, mm, I have some <laughs> choice words for you, sir. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> totally. But
1: it was so funny to me eventually that I actually incorporated it as a part of my intro for come my on. podcast for a really long time where I was like, I might have the voice of a uh, sassy Cinderella. I think it was the exact phrasing I used, <laughs> Love it. but like. You know, you have to have that hard shell. And I think that's for any, you know, external facing person, but when it comes to podcasting, again, that intimacy factor, it's there. Cause it's just yeah. you, a microphone, sometimes a guest, like, but that's it. And that, it just takes an extra special kind of authenticity and bravery that I sure as heck did not have when I was first starting. (laughs) Like it's taken four years to exercise
0: that muscle. I'm still trying to learn stuff. You know, when I first started, I had no idea what I was doing. I was in a walk-in closet and bad lighting and bad microphone. Didn't even look into the camera. And I was recording on like FaceTime or Ecamm or something like Skype. And I was uploading to YouTube and called that my podcast. I literally released a hundred episodes before someone said, well, how can I listen to it on Apple? And I said, what the hell is that? I didn't even know what Apple podcast was. You know, it's like, Oh, oh, okay, now I got a whole nother market I can market to, you know, so yeah, it was this journey, and I'm constantly just trying to learn and improve as as a podcaster. And that's why I love talking to other podcasters, too. It's, someone had mentioned something when I had them on my show, it's like, podcasting is kind of like this intimate conversation, like you mentioned, but as a listener, it's like you're this guy who's like secretly looking behind the curtain and listening to this intimate conversation between two people, like almost like creepishly, but you get to know them, and it just like opens up this door of amazingness that happens, you know.
1: That's so unbelievably accurate. I love how that person described it. And I want to say this to people who might be listening, who are like, I want to start a podcast or I want to start a YouTube channel or something like that. But I feel again, like going back to that level 100 thing, I feel like I have to drop down at the level of Eric or I have to drop down at the level of Nicole and that feels intimidating. That feels overwhelming. Go back and listen to both of our first shows, first episodes. I won't speak for you, Eric. Mine's terrible.
0: Like, oh, totally. Mine, mine is horrible. Yeah.
1: And I, I had a client actually who was wanting to, I think she was starting a uh, Instagram for her business. And she was like, I just feel like I have to like be at the certain level. Da, 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 da. And I was like, OK, who's someone you look up to on Instagram? And she's like, I don't know. Like you, I guess. And I was like, Well, thank you. I'm flattered. Go back to my first video. Like, scroll back. Take the 15 minutes it's going to take to scroll back. And I want you to watch my first video. Yeah. She did. Within five minutes after watching that first video, her Instagram was created. Come on. <laughs> and I was like, thank That's you so good. very much. So good. Like it. <laughs> but it's true. We just we put ourselves on this like insane standard where we're trying to meet people who are you know maybe 15 20 levels above us and it's like you have to do level one you have to do the hard work where you don't have the teams or you don't have the knowledge of the branding or the hooded or the riverside or whatever it is like you have to do the messy work in order to get to that level 25 and level 100 and beyond
0: Come on, man. That's so good. <laughs> so good. Uh, I know we're right at time. I love to ask my guests though, a, a, a question that I'm a big music guy. So i love to ask the question like, what type of music do you listen to? Do you have a favorite band that you like to listen to?
1: Um, favorite band? Yes and no. I, 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 I'm going to give two answers if that's okay. right. So yeah. I am, like I mentioned, I'm big into the neuroscience and I love studying flow state. I love studying focus and what that looks like in productivity. So I actually, I'll, every year on my Spotify wrapped, my number one song is a meditation prayer song that i use for flow state every single day it's on loop just over and over and over every day would i say that's my favorite song not necessarily but it works for me every (laughs) time uh to get into flow state and that's a divi prayer however for my i'm a big like struts fallout boy panic at the disco like i love to like rock out a little in my heart and soul but like kind of like my inner emo kid so um for me right now my favorite song has could have been me by the struts
0: okay Oh man so good. And you say you mentioned Fall Out Boy. I just remember like their first album when I was in Hawaii when it first came out and I was like who is this band? All right, I'm just going to do it and, and and man I've just been a bit fan of those guys forever. but uh yeah, I'm a rocker heart Listen yes. to metal all through high school, all through my early twenties, and when I worked for Universal, they said, "Oh, you actually have to listen to other kinds of music. You can't just listen to, to metal." You said there's and so other kinds
1: like, of music. I didn't oh, know okay. that. Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of those type things. Okay, yes. yeah. And we can get into it on your show, but like, I literally like they. I was the intern guy when I first started, and said, "Hey, you get to dress like a chicken and go promote Ludicrous's Chicken and Beer album in the hood." And I was literally dressed like a chicken in the hood of Seattle, Washington, passing out these buckets of chicken and beer. Wildest thing ever, but that's that's how I I, got started. You
1: know, I'm going to make you dive into that story on my show. (laughs) Uh, Oh my god, that's amazing! Yeah, back in the
0: day, it was uh, it was fun times for sure. Uh,
1: First, I haven't heard that one,
0: Nicole. This conversation was so amazing. You're an absolute world changer. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me. That means more than I can even tell you. I appreciate you being here.
0: Thank you so much for checking out the show today. I really appreciate it. I hope that my guest was able to bring you some amazing wisdom and knowledge to help you continue to fight for your goals, your dreams, and your purpose. If you could do me one big favor and just hit that subscribe button, I would so appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Keep changing the world. I believe in you. Have an amazing day.